The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. Brian here with a quick announcement. It was exactly one year ago that I started this podcast, and it's been so great getting to share all these amazing stories with you. A few people have asked for ways to support the show, so starting today you can donate to the show on Patreon. Donating will get you some audio extras each month, as well as some treats like stickers in the mail. For more info, click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash lovehurtspod. And thanks so much for listening over this past year. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Laura Maltz. Laura is a storyteller living in the Bronx. From a young age, Laura realized her dad had a very different relationship with love. But it wasn't until he chose to spend the last months of his life in Florida with someone he just met instead of staying close to Laura and her brother that she felt the full extent of the hurt from that love. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Pretty good, Brian. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Of course. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Came all the way. You came a long way, so I appreciate it. When I moved to the the Bronx, I knew it was basically going to be two hours to get everywhere. (laughs) You were cutting off yourself (laughs) from a lot of things. It's all the time I spend listening to the Love Hurts podcast is on my commute. Yeah, that's your commute. I mean, I built it for commuting, so that's good. I'm glad it's getting used for its (laughs) right purpose, and now you get to be on it, and here you are. And yeah, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Yeah, so um, I wanted to actually tell tell a story about about my dad and um, his sort of journey, I guess, through love and and uh, my journey sort of through that as well. Yeah, like th- through your relationship with him, through his relationship with love. We're gonna get meta today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, growing up, my my brother and I um, would spend Friday through Sunday nights with my dad. Uh, our parents were divorced. And um, Saturday nights, my dad and I had this kind of tradition that we just followed for years and years. Um, my It was just to sort of set the scene. Uh, it was like the late 80s. So um, Nintendo was a big thing. And like the power pad and the power glove had just came out. So <laughs> my brother was like fairly occupied. So Saturdays, it was pretty much me and my dad. And um, every weekend, we would uh, go see a movie. And this was like before the like personal computers were really a thing and so when you wanted to see a movie you had to like go to the movie theater a couple hours in advance and like make sure you could get tickets and then you always had kind of time to kill yeah um so we did that and um we did that for years and years and so we'd go get our tickets and then um we would uh sort of you know in in that time that we had to kill we had this kind of routine that we would go through so first uh there was like a local pet shop and we would go to the, lo- the local pet shop and we'd like play with all the dogs in the back that were up for adoption <laughs> and like never adopt one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we would always go for dinner um, and we would have uh, what I call the divorce dad special, which was McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then then we would go to the movie and we did this for years. And so we honestly must have seen just like hundreds of movies together over the years. Um, but in thinking I've like been thinking about this recently and I'm like, I actually can only remember one movie that we saw together. Um, do you remember Titanic? Yes, of course I remember Titanic. <laughs> who, could, who could forget Leo during his heyday? Um, so uh, we, the reason I remember that one is that we waited in line for two hours and we got up to the ticket window and there was one ticket left. <laughs> and that movie is so, it's so long. It's, it's very long. It's like, 
yeah, it's like watching all of Thornbirds. It's it's like hours and hours. Yeah, it, that's. I mean, it's funny because I remember seeing that movie in theaters too. Like <laughs> yeah. I remember the event because it was like me and it was like my family friends. Like there was eight of us went to this movie <laughs> and we literally sat in the front row. But oh, it was wow. such an event, and I just yeah, that was a real thing. So yeah, I, I rever- it's like it's it was momentous. So how did you get into this movie with one? <laughs> so 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 he bought it for me, and I, like it was. I remember it was January, and I just he he was like, "Go see it. I want you to see it." And so I went and I watched Titanic by myself, and my dad just like wandered Bell Boulevard, Queens. By himself for like hours while no, I was watching like a the three movie. Three-hour movie. It's so yeah. So like you know, I'm there just watching like Leo freeze to death in the Atlantic yeah. and Kate's just resting comfortably on that armoire, which totally could have fit two people. Yes. And uh, yeah, and he and he just waited for me, and I think it just it sticks out to me because it was it was like this like wonderful example of um, the relationship I had with my dad. And you know, fast forward a little bit of time, I think I was around um, maybe around eleven or twelve. Um, when I started to realize um, that my dad was sad a lot, um, and I think even then, in kind of like my little little kid brain and and the degree to which I could understand it, um, I I think I knew even then that part of what was behind it behind it was that he really wanted to find a partner and he wanted to like find love and sort of be in love, and um, I think that without that he always sort of felt like there was like a a piece of him that was missing and um as you sort of get older and and you learn about um like the people that your parents were before they were your parents and um you you sort of hear stories along the way and i remember my uncle telling me a story actually just in the last couple of years um, where this sort of hopeless romantic quality was something with my dad that started like really, really early. So when he was in fourth grade, he had his first girlfriend and they went out for a week and then she broke up with him via a letter passed to him by a friend. <laughs> as you Classic do. fourth grade. <laughs> Classic fourth grade. Um, but he was so upset and he actually, my uncle said he remembered my dad um, sort of just like following um, their mom, my grandmother around the house that week and saying like he was so upset. He just he loved her so much it hurt, which is like a really intense feeling for a nine year old. Yeah, to be able to like have that and know what that means at that age. Exactly, exactly. And and it was something over the course of my dad's life um, that really continued. So um, there were several times where um, after long-term relationships would end um, that he was actually hospitalized for for depression and so it was something um, that was always um, I think just very very difficult for him um, so fast forward to a couple of years ago and um, my dad was actually had been living in Rockland County with with a woman he was seeing at the time um, and then when that uh, relationship ended, he was up there by himself. Um, and my dad had a couple of, of health issues. He was a type 1 diabetic. And um, from that, over time, he had started to lose his vision and he was having some mobility issues. Um, and so it became clear pretty quickly that it wasn't really safe for him to be um, living alone on his on his own anymore. So um, my brother and I um, kind of went up to stage an intervention and, and we were like, we, we really want to move you down closer to us, to Queens. And, you know, is that something that you'd you'd be open to? Um, and I, I remember my dad turning to my brother and I over the course of that conversation and actually saying, I feel like I'll die if I'm alone, which I mean – the only thing that I sort of could say to him in that moment was like, 
you're not alone. You know, my brother Ben and I, like, we're, we're right here and we love you. And um, I think I realized that wasn't quite what he meant, though. Yeah. Like, he wanted that kind of, like, companionship mm-hmm. uh, versus, like, I know that, yeah, like, you as his daughter, it's like, yeah, you can be there for him, but it's a different type of thing, I guess, that what he needed in, at that time. Exactly. Exactly. So, on the car ride home, my brother and I played that um, really fun uh, car car ride game, which is called Which DSM Diagnosis is My Parent? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it's like, in these moments when you're going through something hard and when somebody is struggling, it's like, I, I think what's been so neat about my brother and I is we always sort of look for, like, moments of levity and, and lightness and it's it's um part of what what gets you through. So um anyway, so we he did actually agree to um move down to Queens and um he was there um just actually a few weeks and he sh- um kind of invited my brother and I over for dinner and at the dinner he shared with us that um he was actually going to be moving to Florida with a woman that he had met online. Whoa. Um, and I know this sounds like an awesome idea, you know, I think super trustworthy, stable situation. Um, And so we, um, my uncle actually ended up um, like hiring like one of those like private investigation firms to run a background check on this woman um, because it was just a sort of like a scary thing and um, found found some stuff, found some stuff. Um, She she had an arrest record for assault and her husband had actually served some time for um, running scams on the elderly. Like there was like a fake Jesus. business that they owned together. So it, it was a pretty um, scary situation. And we actually did did share it with, with, with our dad. Um, and he decided to go anyway. Wow. Yeah. So I think it was one of those moments where um, you just kind of realize the state that somebody's in and um, I, I kind of had this moment of realization where I realized I, I needed to pull back a little bit and, um, yeah, like there's only so much that you can control, even if you love this person and you care about them and it's like, they're still an adult and are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And I think that, um, my uncle always brought up like the good point, which is it's possible that this situation is terrible as it, um, appears to everybody from the outside might actually be the happiest that he's possible capable of being yeah because he sort of found that person that he wanted in that moment i guess right that he like felt he needed yeah yeah so um a lot happened in in the time sort of that that followed and um there there were some calls to adult protective services and um we had some failed attempts to actually pursue guardianship um over oh, my wow. my dad um there was some good stuff too good stuff um my my brother got married and my nephew owen was born and he was awesome and there were just like things that happen in life like promotions and and new jobs and new relationships and um there was all this stuff that that was happening, but my dad wasn't there, um, which was which yeah, was like, tough. Yeah, did that make it? Because I guess he went from being a little far away to being very close to being like very far away. And knowing that you're in this, he's in this place of like struggling health, and that you can't be there for him, but also he's missing out on some of these things going on. Yeah, in your and your brother's lives. Exactly, and it's it's a really complex thing because you know that the person is not well and that they're struggling, and then there's also some some sort of you know um, anger because they 
they left and they, yeah. they they chose a different sort of life over all the great stuff that was happening sort of for our family at the same time. Yeah, that, that tough thing of being like, well, we're your family and we're, we want you to be here because we want you to be in our lives, but you're choosing this other thing, which we want to respect you for, but also, you know, it's hard. It's like a difficult balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, it's a, it's, yeah, it's just sort of a lot to wrap your, yeah. wrap your head around. Yeah, oh, man. Um, so uh, fast forward again um, to January of, of 2018 and um, not 2008, 2018. <laughs> and my um, my brother and I um, actually found ourselves on a on a flight um, down down to Florida um, uh, to unfortunately actually say go- say goodbye to our dad who um, was in the hospital with with health failure with heart failure. And um, we we hadn't known actually that that um, you know anything was sort of wrong, and we did actually learn when we got we got down there that there had been a note on my dad's chart that um, he was estranged from his children and not to contact them. And actually, the only Whoa. reason, yeah, the only reason that um, that we got a call was because a, a particular social worker it was actually her first day on the job, and she missed the note, and so she called my brother. Um, wow. And thank God for that. Yeah. Um, you know, otherwise we we wouldn't have had had the opportunity to to see him. So um the other thing that is sort of just in terms of context that's really important to know about this trip um down to Florida is I fucking hate Florida. <laughs> um so yeah, Florida's been been on my my list. Can I curse on this yeah. podcast? Florida's I been mean, on my shit list since the. the I mean, you already said you fucking hate Florida. I so did. You- <laughs> I did. I couldn't hold it back um, <laughs> since since the second Bush election. So okay. you know, yeah. but the the fact that it was it was going to be the place that I had to say goodbye to my dad was not helping Florida's and, case. And how long had he been down there? Since like up till this point, like how long had it been? Um. So he had been down there about two years. Okay. And had you been down at all over that? period of time i hadn't yeah i was when he left i knowing the situation that that he was in i sort of made what was an extremely difficult decision knowing that i he wasn't in a safe situation and i couldn't help i couldn't help him and i couldn't control it and i didn't feel like i could um watch it yeah, like, yeah, it's like you didn't want to be a witness to this kind of scenario that just felt like I couldn't I couldn't I, I had spent, you know, my my whole life sort of trying to help help my dad. And um, it was probably the worst decision he ever made. And I just I knew that I needed to sort of take take a step back then. Yeah. And is like also if this is like too much, that's fine. But like, is this something over those two years too? Were you like in touch with him over the phone at all? Like, had you been keeping in touch with him and kind of aware of how things were going with his life and this person? Or yeah, so we we emailed a little bit. My brother was more um, sort of uh, closely closely involved and still sort of communicated with my dad during that time. Um, but it was it was hard because even the calls with my dad were not great and i think there was a lot of um you know just resentment and sort of anger on on his side and on their side as well um because we called adult protective services and yeah you know it wasn't um we were really afraid for him and and i think the sense was that it was like um 
So I I work at a college and there's this thing called intrusive advising, which is where you like reach out to people that maybe like don't want you to because you're, they, they need it and you're doing something that you feel is best for them. So it was sort of like intrusive, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's not parenting because you're not the the parent, but like, yeah, yeah. childing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it was it was just it was like a really, really hard. But it is that weird. It's a weird dynamic in that situation because it's like you're you're almost being like the parent who like your kid is like run away with some person he met. And yeah. And like, I don't know, it was like, oh, I'm not going to go to college. I'm just in love and we're going like, to travel the country. And then yeah. you have to be like, but what about your family? Like, And your future. Yeah, your future. Yeah, yeah, it's like they like run away with like the like the guy on the motorcycle yes. and yes. smoking a cigarette who like won't come in the in the house to meet your parents. Yeah. Like, yeah. And your dad did that with somebody else, which is a weird dynamic when yeah. you're the one who has to be like, uh, can we talk about this? And yeah. He just goes to Florida. It was a, it was a reverse dynamic oh, for boy. sure. Yeah. So now you're going to Florida for the first time. So well, not the first time. Well, I not had, ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had had a, a previously uh, hilarious work trip down to Florida where I spent three days trying to find a vegetable. I, like all I wanted was a vegetable, <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't find a vegetable. Anyway, I finally found one restaurant that that had um, steamed broccoli, and it came to the table, and it was covered in rib tips. Oh my just covered God. in rib tips. So that was also my previous. So that was experience like your Florida. Florida. Yeah, everything was just just meats and, and no <laughs> and healthy food. Meats and and Republicans. Yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> yeah, so, so you're not enjoying. You're not excited to go down to Florida. I'm for not ex- many reasons. All, for all the reasons. Yeah. yeah. So um, so we get down there and we we talk to my dad's doctors and and we we learn basically what happened, which was um, you know uh. Over the time that my dad was there, he um, did not um, take good care of himself and his diabetes, and um, he had apparently been in and out of the hospital with diabetic reactions, and um, when you have type 1 diabetes and you don't take care of yourself, it it takes a toll on your body pretty quickly, and so um, by that point, basically his heart was failing from all of the trauma and sort of stress that his, his body had been through, so... Um, yeah, it was, um, it was really hard. And, and my brother and I, um, by the time we got there, he was in hospice care and we ended up spending what ended up being the most painful three days of, of my life sitting with him and telling stories and, um, just sort of trying to figure out how to, how to say goodbye. Um, I, 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 to this day, I have visceral memories of this place. Like it was, um, I remember feeling like the the artwork on the wall was way too cheer, cheerful for like hospice for what care. The, yeah, it was like clowns and really bright flowers and just like that's a lot colorful things. And I remember in the kitchen alcove they had coffee and then this like low sodium Campbell's tomato soup, which was terrible. And it was like all my brother and I were eating for three days. <laughs> oh my um, god! But I. We kept sort of one of us would try and get some sleep and the other would sit with my dad and we would play music that, that he had loved, like um, John Denver, Cat Stevens, and um, or we might read him stories. And um, the the morning before he, he passed away, I remember sort of waking up um, and um, my brother was sitting with my dad and he was reading him um, this book on his phone um, that I had remembered actually from childhood. Um, do you, did you ever read the Shel Silverstein book, The Missing Piece? 
No, I've read a lot of Shel Silverstein's book, but I don't remember that one. Yeah, so um, you should check it out. It's really good. It's um, it's about this like little um, almost like Pac-Man like creature. It's like a circle with like a little triangle cut out. Okay, and. He's like rolling along and rolling along, and he's oh wait, looking. I do remember this now. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's looking for his missing piece, and because he's not a perfect circle, he can't roll that yeah. fast. So he's like, he's doing all sorts of adorable things, like he's like talking to a worm and smelling a flower yeah. and just like enjoying, you know, the sun on his face. And um, he eventually finds this piece that just like fits perfectly, and so now he's a perfect circle. But because he's a perfect circle, he's he's just rolling too fast, and he he's missing. He he can't say hi to his friend the worm, and he can't smell the flower, and he's sort of missing all of this stuff. And it was just sort of one of those weird moments where, um, like, art was weirdly imitating yeah. life. Like you, you could, like, understand this entirety of what your dad had been living for the past however many years, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it was just it – it was one of those moments that um, – I think that stuck with me, but that also I've always felt like stories and like telling stories and reading stories are, are things that have helped me understand um, situations and experiences. Yeah. And it was one of those moments that. Yeah, everything that. just made sense after seeing this, like all click in at this one moment. <laughs> yeah, because of uh, this little Pac-Man like thing. <laughs> but um, so um. After, later that that day, there was a social worker from hospice that came to to visit us and and help us make final arrangements for for my dad. And um, I've I've always been a person like I try not to judge a book by its cover. Um, and I was on this particular day, and maybe let's blame it on the low sodium Campbell's tomato soup, but I was just really struggling um, because she had like um, like fake tan like orange skin and these like six inch long acrylic nails and bleach blonde hair and like a sunglasses tan so just to sort of set set the context my brother and i had had like collectively 15 minutes of sleep in like three days and you know we're just shells of human beings and um the the hospice social worker comes in and she sits down and she just says to us like oh my god isn't death just totally the worst and oh my God. <laughs> it felt it was yeah so i'm i'm just like speechless i didn't know what to say and my brother's just like my brother who's always been good at like taking charge in weird situations was like totally it is totally the worst um so that was yeah like what else are you supposed to say to that <laughs> it's, it's great it's yeah. wonderful yeah. i love it um so it was it was a really really hard day and and then then our our dad was gone. And um, after that, my brother and I, um, we headed over to the Super 8 Motel, which is um, just like the cheapest thing I could book last minute. And um, we, the best way, have you ever stayed in a Super 8? Uh, yeah, I think I have for a wedding a few years ago. Okay. I think that was a Super 8. Yeah, it's it's not a life experience. It's either that or like have... a days in, but I think they're all the same. Yeah, 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 601. Um but yeah, the best way I could describe this this motel is it it's where prostitutes go to get murdered. <laughs> it's um it we get we get to the check-in desk and it there's just like bulletproof glass and there's this sign on the bulletproof glass that just says we don't rent to locals. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> And 
we get to the room and like the lights don't work in the room and I'm just like I'm fumbling for a lamp and I find a lamp and the lights go on and I'm like yes I get like way too excited because I just really needed so like a win one moment of yeah <laughs> I needed a win so badly and um I look then at my my brother's face and right next to my hand next to the lamp is this giant like water bug just like smashed into the wall and like you had smashed it trying to open and turn on the light or something? Oh, God. Like- you know, that never even occurred to me. It's possible. I hope not. I hope not that weekend was traumatic enough. Um, but so I'm like, oh, my God. So I jump back and I sit down on the bed and I look over and there is this huge, possibly blood stain on the comforter next to me. So it was it was a great it was luxurious. Yeah, so it's really just living up to all your expectations of Florida. <laughs> just it's all coming. It's, it's happening. all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like I was so so exhausted, and I'm I just wanted to like curl up in the murder bed and just get some sleep. And um, but we we were our flight um, out of Florida was for the following day, and we wanted to move our tickets up a day because we were just we just wanted to get home. We yeah, like we just needed it. Yeah, you were over Florida. <laughs> yeah, and and all of, you this, know yeah, this whole situation. Experience. Yeah. So, um so we i spent like an hour and a half on the phone with travelocity and um it, it looks like we're gonna get a flight and then in the last second the the person i was speaking with was like i'm so sorry ma'am like it's actually sold out like the next flight i can get you on is going to be an additional six hundred dollars and i just like lose it and i threw down the phone and i like go for a walk um and i i come back i don't know maybe like 20 minutes later or half an hour later and i just hear my brother yelling into the phone i told you to stop calling me ma'am <laughs> <laughs> um so we we eventually get everything sorted and we have some time to kill in the morning before we have to head to the airport and we decide to take advantage of what feels like the only in this moment good thing florida i'm being so hard on florida there's some wonderful people in florida yeah but you also had a lot of experiences that back up you being hard on florida right now so um we decided to go to the beach and and just sort of see something beautiful because we just like really needed to see something beautiful in that moment so um we get there and we're sort of sitting in the sand and and talking and um my brother ends up um putting on this comedy sketch by pat oswald um have you seen the one where he talks about how much he hates florida I feel like I have, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, I recommend it. Um, So he gets to the line where he says, the only reason to go to Florida is to identify your daughter's dead body. (laughs) And we just both start hysterically laughing. And um, I'm laughing really, really hard. And then um, I I look over at my brother and I realize that he's crying. Um, And then I start crying. And then we both start laughing again. And um, it was... I think in that moment, I just had this overwhelming feeling of despite the loss um, that I was so lucky to have my brother. And, and, you know, you don't he's he he's 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 someone who knows the whole story and who um, will will sort of always be there for me. and, And I hope I can always be there for him. Um, no matter sort of what, what life throws at us. And, um, you know, I, I think 
wherever life takes us, we'll, we'll sort of be there to support each other. Um, unless life takes him back to Florida, <laughs> in which case dude's on his yeah, own. Yeah, if he was like called you tomorrow and was like, oh, I'm moving to Florida, you'd be like, oh, okay, well. It's uh, been nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's sort of the, that's the story. Yeah, I mean, that seems like such a, to have a sibling in that moment, or I guess through a lot of that, because it's like what you said, right? He knows the whole story of like, you two live this not just this whole experience, but like, it seems like there's a lot of experiences growing up that you got through things together and being able to have that shorthand and just like have that person made that whole experience like manageable. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times over the course of like our lives, we've been like, thank God we're not only children. Yeah. That'd be like <laughs> a lot more to deal with. As an, to go through that entire experience as an only child would be miserable. It would be. And we're both like, I feel like we were both like, we have different strengths. So like, yeah, um, I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit more comfortable with like some of the emotional stuff. And my brother is like, if you need someone to like call a hospital and like yell and get stuff done, yeah, like he'll like, yell at the airline, he'll call <laughs> he'll the airline call the air- and yell at them. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my brother. Yeah. But, so but you're he's good, amazing. You got a good team dynamic going for these like crazy family things that you have to deal with and yeah. just life in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I guess we're lucky in that way. Um, I always like, there's a lot of hard stuff um, that, that we've had to go through, but we also have some awesome stuff too, so. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, having him by close by, and yeah, you said you have like a nephew now, and like. Yep, he's 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 awesome. He's, he's two and a half, and um, right now his favorite activity is picking up acorns at the park. And he also is like, he's kind of an indoor kid. So um, the way that uh, my nephew Owen does sports is he goes to the park, he time, he climbs to the top of the slide, and then he sits down and opens a book and starts reading <laughs> while all the kids behind him just like scream for him to get out of the way. <laughs> it's so great. That's he's like he's real, one of us. That's a real power move. Like <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Like, I am king of the slide now. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. Yeah, and this I'm and just all that hang. you see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for sharing. Laura. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Do you have like a website or people want to follow you online in any way? Can they do that? So I don't I don't actually have anything up yet, yeah. um, but I do uh, uh, newly sort of work uh, as this uh, coordinator for Fail Better Storytime, which yeah. is run by two awesome, awesome people as well. Yeah. I- like fail better quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, anyone who ever wants to to come out and um, just work on a piece that is very much a work in progress and sort of throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. Um, it's a it's an awesome uh, fourth Saturday of every month at Offside Tavern. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing this and sharing your story. Thanks, Brian. This is how we love. This is how we. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts.